0: And I'm Jen, and you're listening to the Travel Mug Podcast.
1: Every episode, we talk about travel destinations, interesting trivia, and even some travel fails.
0: Let's dive into today's episode. Don't forget to travel mug. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to part two of our Cape Breton episode. So today we're going to be chatting about Sydney and the whole eastern side of the island. In the last episode, we tackled the Cabot Trail on the western side, so if you missed that, go check it out. We're actually going to start with the first town that uh, you get to when you cross the Canso Causeway um, that connects the mainland to Cape Breton, and that is Port Hastings.
1: Yeah. So Port Hastings, and first of all, you know, Jen and I sort of both agree on this. There's a traffic circle um, as you enter Port Hastings. It's a little bit crazy. So just really be careful driving through it. Just be prepared and understand that there is one there. You're going to have to make kind of a snap decision on which way you want to go fairly quickly. So just sort of have your bearings about you have your GPS ready. Great thing about the area too, is there's also a visitor uh, information center there where you can get info on Cape Breton maps for your road trip and there's also a small lighthouse there that you could check out called Balash Point Lighthouse just on the other side of the causeway where you can stretch your legs and get a great view it's also a really great place obviously to start the Celtic Shores Coastal Trail which we mentioned in our last episode what's next Jen yeah
0: yeah that's pretty much Port Hastings that is
1: it enjoy
0: you blink and you miss it there's not (laughs) much there (laughs) I believe their slogan is like a nice place to live or something like that. It's a little. Or
1: off. a nice place to briefly stop.
0: Yes. Uh, so our next town is Port Hawkesbury and they kind of like, I find Port Hastings and Port Hawkesbury kind of blend into each other. It's kind of hard yeah, to yeah. tell where one starts and one begins, but Port Hawksbury is actually a bit of a larger town. It's 3000 people. If you can call that a larger town, but for Cape Breton, it kind of is. Yeah. There's lots of shopping opportunities here, so there's a Walmart, there's a Canadian Tire, there's grocery stores, there's a mall. Once you get going past Port Hawkesbury, there's not many larger stores. So if you need something from Walmart, stop here or Sydney's going to be your next stop. I really enjoy going into the Berrykin Cafe, so it's inside the mall. I don't know what the mall is called in Port Hawkesbury, but it's the only mall, so I promise You'll see it. You can't um. miss it. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be really nice, like baked goods and uh, and coffee.
1: Cool. I uh, We've stopped in Port Hawkesbury, but honestly, it's just to sort of grab a bite on the road. Nothing uh, too in-depth, but it, it's, a, it's a cute place to drive through. Next up is Isle Madame. So this is actually an island off of an island. Approximately 4,300 people settled by France as part of its colony, which of course now is known as Cape Breton, of course. Um, it is connected to the mainland and uh, there's a nearby island, Petit de Gras, which is also connected to that by a bridge and a causeway. The island itself of Ilama Dam is actually about 16 kilometers long and has about 20 different communities on the island. I know of this area because I actually went to school with a couple of girls from Petit de Gras and in and around the area. And it's another one of those sort of French sections that mirrors Shetty Camp up in the other part of of Cape Breton. And there are a couple of neat things to do there. So uh, there is Pondville Beach Provincial Park. There's trails, picnic areas, a sandy beach, and there's a sandcastle competition in July, of course. Tune in for that in 2021 at this (laughs) point. Um, And there are several other beaches to visit in the area along the beautiful coastline. There's Mirage Point Lighthouse, uh, Le Noir Forge Museum, which you can really learn about the history of Isle Madame. Uh, if you happen to be, which I'm not, and I'm pretty sure Jen isn't either, but if you happen to be a scuba diver, um, there's a Wreck of the Arrow, which is a top-rated dive site off the coast of Isle of It's an oil tanker that sunk in February of 1971. You can actually take a tour and dive at the site, which is pretty cool.
0: That is cool. I haven't heard yeah. of that before, so that's, that's really neat. Um, when I was researching to do our Cape Breton trip that we recently did, um, I found this Groundswell pub and B&B in cool. you Madame. And it, of course it wasn't close to where we were going, so it wasn't really relevant, but um, I really want to go next summer. The restaurant looks really delicious. They rent like kayaks and paddle boards so you can kind of go out and enjoy the water. And then
1: their rooms are all named after Beatles songs, which Love I just that. thought was really fun. Yeah. Definitely. No, we haven't been to the area. I'm not sure about Peter, but honestly, because of our in-laws being there or Peter's parents and my in-laws, we just go right to Glace Bay. So we can't, uh, someday we will do all this exploring and this is definitely on our list. Yeah, for sure.
0: So our next, uh, village is St. Peter's. Uh, so it's a small village. It's on an isthmus Uh, Which, if you don't remember what that is, it is a narrow piece of land connecting two larger pieces of land across an expanse of water.
1: Of course.
0: Yes. If you don't remember that from geography classes forever ago. Um, So St. Peter's has a main street with lots of little shops, um, restaurants. I love Glad Tidings Christmas shop. I love stopping in. I love Christmas decor. So it's like a Hallmark movie in there. It's beautiful. (laughs) And I also, I mentioned, I think in the last episode, my Cape Breton mug, and it should be on our Instagram as well. So that's from Fire and Stone and their main studio is in St. Peter's. And so you can go there and grab a mug from Chad.
1: I would love to do that. I wonder if it's a year round store. So
0: it's, (laughs) I wouldn't call it a store, I guess. It is a shed in his yard. So like, okay. if he's home, <laughs> you can probably buy it. I just messaged him on Instagram and was like, Hey, I'm driving through on this day. And he was like, sure, stop in. I'll be here. So
1: that'd be any more rural Nova Scotian it or what?
0: No, it really couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so also in St. Peter's is Battery Provincial Park. So it has campsites, some hiking trails and a beach. And next to it is St. Peter's Canal National Historic Site. So St. Peter's Canal joins the Atlantic Ocean to the Bredore Lakes. And the area has long been traveled by the Mi'kmaq people. They portage their canoes across the isthmus. That word is very difficult. It's like Christmas, but it's isthmus. It's isthmus. Uh, Mm -hmm. So. This is actually um, the site of one of Canada's oldest European settlements. So French merchants set up a fortified trading post. They called it Fort St. Pierre in the 17th century. And the canal has double lock gates that adapt to the tidal fluctuations between the lake and the ocean. And if you visit, it is free. Cool. I love that. Yeah, I, I remember visiting with my grandfather, um as a, I was probably like an early teenager, probably uh, 12 or 13. And he was explaining to me how the locks worked. And it was, it's really interesting. So I would recommend checking it out, even just to, if you're driving through to stretch your legs and kind of walk around, it wouldn't take you that long. Um, what else do we got in St. Peter's? We have the McAskill House Museum. So Wallace McAskill uh, was a noted marine photographer. So the museum is the house that they that he grew up in. Um, they restored it, and you can see displays of his work, and most are in the original frames. Awesome. And the other thing I wanted to mention with St. Peter's is Point Michaud Beach, which is not in St. Peter's, but the turnoff to go to it is. So- It kind of works. Kind of works. Uh, It's uh, Point Michaud Beach is three kilometers sandy beach on the Atlantic Ocean and they have cranberry bogs. So like, cool. What more do you need than a
1: cranberry bog? (laughs) Awesome. Well, next along the route here is Ben Yon, and Ben Yon actually translates to John's Mountain from Gaelic, which I did not know. So I love learning new things. <laughs> ski Ben Yon. Uh, it's actually a ski hill that opened in 1968. It's very popular. One of the two downhill skiing hills in Cape Breton. The other, of course, we mentioned in our last episode was Cape Smoky next door to the ski hill is the lakes golf club and resort. It's really newer resort. The golf course opened in 2009 and then the resort building underwent major renovations just last year. It's a beautiful luxury resort with a delicious restaurant. Have you ever gone and mm.
0: there? I haven't, but, um, I actually had a friend that stayed there recently and then, uh, Ben is actually just like maybe five ten minutes past where my parents, my mom lives. So my mom, my okay. stepdad, and my grandfather. Um so they they renovated last year, 2019. It's under new ownership, but maybe management, but I think new ownership. Um and it looks super nice. So I, I do really want to go here and check this out.
1: Yeah, no, we drove by as well and it does look really nice. Um, and there's also, of course, Benyon Provincial Park. So a small picnic park with about two kilometers of trails and a picnic area with tables. You get some really nice views of the Bedore Lake at the end of the trail. So this all, I mean, obviously the skiing season is coming up, so that's very exciting. The other stuff, of course, would be more warmer weather things. So it kind of has a dual purpose there, which is great according to what your interests are.
0: Yeah, it, the the resort, the lake's, really is marketing itself as a year round destination because you have the skiing and you have the golf. Um, there's a Marina close by as well. And then this provincial park, I mean, you could, uh, snowshoe it as well in the, in the winter. So it really is kind of, I know, right. A year round destination. So our next spot is Cox Heath, which is, is mostly a residential community, but I wanted you to tell you about this hike. So it's called Cox Heath Hills. Wilderness Trail. It's about 10 kilometers long. You go up the Coxheath Hill. It's um, very difficult at the beginning. It is extremely <laughs> steep. Like woo, at, like walking down it, you're trying not to like tumble forward and go oh. all the way down the hill. <laughs> um, after the first bit though, it does level out and it's really nice. You get some good views. And there's a small cabin at the top where you can book for the night. So you can hike up and stay the night
1: and hike back down the next day if you wanted to. Like, where do you book that? Is it some man in the woods? There's or a- <laughs> like what happens? I know.
0: I can't remember who does it, but I can link it in the show notes if any cool. are interested. So it's just one cabin. I think it has like maybe four like bunk beds in it, or I can't remember. We peeked in the window and I was like, I'm scared there's going to be people in here. So I didn't <laughs>
1: And don't forget, you have to hike your stuff in. So, really plan this well. Yes. <laughs> that is true. Awesome. Well, that's fabulous. I wondered, I, I know of Cox Heath and I saw that you had it in the, in the show doc. And I was like, hmm, wonder what she needs to say about there. But that sounds really cool.
0: It is cool. Like, it's, uh, I didn't expect to see that cabin at the top. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Looky there. There you go. All right. So that brings us into Sydney. Sydney is the largest urban area on Cape Breton Island. It has about 30,000 residents. So Cape Breton, like we said, was once a colony. It was independent from the rest of Nova Scotia and Sydney was the capital of that colony.
1: Awesome. Just a couple things about um, Sydney that you might find interesting just to kick things off. It is a cruise port. And in 2019, Sydney did welcome 114 cruise ships carrying approximately 175,000 passengers and 75,000 crew. That's mind blowing for Sydney. I know.
0: Yeah, it is. That's
1: that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and the Joan Harris Cruise Pavilion is very nice. It has a restaurant and some local artisans selling their art. And really nearby, there actually. Is the big fiddle, and when we say big fiddle, we mean big fiddle. It's just mm-hmm. a giant fiddle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's outside the cruise pavilion, you really won't want to miss it. It is, um, the world's largest fiddle, it it's is. 60 feet high, and yes, it actually plays music. So make sure you have your picture taken in front of it. I'm sure even Nova Scotians who visit there do the same. I know I have, so I have too, yeah. <laughs> What
0: else can you do there, Jen? Uh, so, the waterfront boardwalk is about a uh, one and a half kilometer long boardwalk along the waterfront. It starts or ends at the big fiddle, depending on where you start. Um, I have really fond memories of going down here and walking on this boardwalk with my grandparents. Um, my dad's parents uh, lived in Sydney. And so, this is one of the things that we would do on most of our trips kind of get an ice cream or a treat and walk on the boardwalk. So, I love and that. Me too. And so one of the things we did on our last um, trip, we stopped into Sydney and we kind of explored the north end of Sydney. So like, I think they called it North Charlotte Street. Um, So there's lots of historic buildings to check out. Uh, St. Patrick's Church is now a museum that's operated by the Old Sydney Society. That's difficult to say. And uh, they do ghost tours in the summer months. So of course, I missed out on that, but I would really like to do that. Uh, next year, I think.
1: Cool. Yeah. Member Two First Nation, So it is an urban First Nation community lo- located in Sydney. So you can actually visit Member Two Heritage Park. It's a five-acre site that offers a living history of the people of Member Two. Um, it also has a gift shop featuring Aboriginal crafts. They also offer workshops such as drum making, basket making, and bead crafts. Restaurant Kijus serves up delicious food with a traditional Mi'kmaq-inspired menu. That sounds amazing. Have Um, you been to there? I have not,
0: but my parents have. My mom and my mom. And actually, I was looking at the menu today and I'm like drooling. Okay, (laughs) Okay. next time I make it to Cape Breton, we are going here because it looks so delicious.
1: I've never heard of that that I've actually been to member two they have a, a great meeting facility there and I actually was there yeah. for work once but I didn't realize that that so, that does sound amazing
0: yeah definitely there were some vegetarian options for
1: us too so yeah <laughs> um, one of the other things that we've done uh, during our time sort of in the area is Bretton Brewing Company um, located on Celtic Drive of course in Sydney they have been open since 2015. They started off with three staff and they now employ 20 plus people, which really is great for the area. Um, And you can buy their brews in Nova Scotia, PEI and Newfoundland. And their tasting room is open and it was open during uh, once things reopened after COVID. So all throughout the summer and fall. And they have a variety of beers for all tastes, uh, guest brews as well as ciders. Um, They don't serve food, but you can buy chips to enjoy while you're there. And when we were there, we actually saw people who were super smart, who brought their own charcuterie to enjoy. I've never been so jealous of anything in my whole life. That is an amazing idea. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, And they also have their store on site as well. So if you don't have for a flight and to sort of sit and chill, you could just sort of buy your beer and go. And it was very busy in regards to that, so they seem to be doing really good business and, of course, growing in popularity. And it's great for the area,
0: yeah, it's awesome. If you're not into beer, maybe you're into cider and you want to go check out Island Folk Cider Co., so they are new, I believe, this year. Um, it's the only craft cidery on Cape Breton, and we had a really good time. We stopped in last month. Um, We stopped in to get cider. They only are retail right now. They're building their tap room as we speak. Or maybe you're listening to this in the future and the tap room's already open. They're planning to have the tap room open by the end of 2020. That's awesome. Uh, I know. It was uh, really good. We picked up the seasonal cinnamon cranberry cider. That was delicious. And we picked up the flagship cider that is called Good Company. That was really good. And then we also picked up uh i can't remember what it's called but it had dandelion wine in it and we haven't opened that one yet it's still in our fridge but um both of the other two was really good so i assume this one's also going to be good
1: yeah no definitely that sounds really interesting i'll uh, see we're going in december so i will see if it's Ooh, open by then and maybe open. maybe we can check it out yeah um i uh Poked around, you know, for some locals to sort of get some recommended restaurants, and some recommended restaurants to me were uh, Governor's Pub and Eatery, and also Flavor on the Water. And apparently, at the golf course, there's also uh Flavor Nineteen. Same owners, but both of these restaurants came recommended. Peter and I haven't eaten out in Sydney much, but um, maybe we can check these out in the future. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't been
0: to those. The Flavor on the Water is in the Cruise Pavilion. I'm okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I haven't been to uh, Governor's Pub either. Uh, we went to the boardwalk, taproom, and eatery. And it's very confusing because the address that it gives you on Google is like the town hall or city hall. And then you're like standing there, like, what the heck? But you <laughs> have <the> to. <laughs> yeah, you have to walk down a path and it's like in that building, but facing the water. Um, so it's, if you come from the boardwalk, you'll find it very easily. Gotcha. Um, but it's really delicious. They have lots of different beers and stuff on tap. Um, the food was really good. The portions were huge. I really enjoyed it and I would definitely go back there. And if you're looking for some, maybe market food. You can head to the Cape Breton Farmers Market. It's open on Saturdays all year round. They just reopened like two or three weeks ago after COVID. But my cousin Shelly has a business there and it's called the Sugar Shack. You must stop by and grab some treats. She makes bread. She makes all kinds of stuff. But my favorite are the Scorbit squares. They are You're safe. not a
1: fool. Of course they are. No,
0: she sent me home with a pan after Thanksgiving, and I was very thankful.
1: <laughs> there Shelly. <delicious>. Go Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? Do tell us.
0: All right, let's head to Iona. So we're kind of jumping all over the place here, but we didn't mention Iona on our last episode, and I wanted to make sure we got it in here. So it's a small village. Of course, it's named after the Iona in Scotland. Uh, it's practically in the middle of the island when you look at the map. And I wanted to mention the Highland Village Museum. So it's an outdoor living history museum and Gaelic Folk Life Center. So they have eleven historic buildings that you can wander through and learn what life was like for the Scottish Scottish settlers from the mid seventeen hundreds to the early nineteen hundreds. Uh, it was also featured on Amazing Race Canada a couple oh. of years ago. So
1: fun. Oh, Iona. Yes. Amazing. Well, next we'll go to Glace Bay. So I spend uh, a couple of uh, times a year in the area. I can mention my in-laws live there. And Glace Bay has a population of just under 20,000. It was amalgamated with the Cape Breton Regional Municipality in 1995. But sort of a fun fact before that, Glace Bay actually had been the province's fourth largest urban area and the largest town in Nova Scotia by population.
0: I had no idea. I know it's Who kind of thought to yeah
1: yeah definitely Peter always tells me how like the the town of Glace Bay has more people than my whole um region of the province and I was like <laughs> I don't believe you but it's actually really true <laughs> um Shelburne County's got nothing on Glace Bay mm-hmm. um I did want to mention though that there aren't actually many hotels in Glace Bay so if you are coming for the things I'm about about. to talk about, luckily now uh, and lately there have been sort of Airbnbs popping up. We've checked a couple of them out on the website and they actually look really nice. So at least now there are a few options that will allow you to sort of stay in town. So that's a really great addition. Um, And some things I wanted to talk about um, in terms of things you could do there. And the first is Miner's Museum and the Miner's Village Restaurant. So Cape Breton and of course Glace Bay in particular has a rich mining history. So the Miner's Museum, allows people to take a tour of a mine and the tour guide is usually a former miner. And you really should be prepared for a couple things. A you have to wear a hard hat. So hopefully you're not having a great hair day. (laughs) Um, If you're claustrophobic, this might be a hard thing for you. You are going down underground as the song might say. And then understand too, that you are descending into a mine. So if you are of average height or if you're tall like me, whatever your place in life is, um, you will be ducking down, like your head will be bent and your neck will be craned downward for kind of long periods of time. So I really, I, I never thought of that prior to going. So it's really something to keep in mind. And while we were in there, Peter did come up with the idea of actually lunging. We were doing like yoga poses. <laughs> <laughs> we were in there. So when we would stop to listen to information, throughout the tour, we lunged so that I wasn't always like bending my head down. I did find it a little bit scary because of course I'm Ms. Doomsday. So doomsday scenarios were totally going through my head. Like this is the day the mine will collapse, but it didn't and it won't, but it really was incredibly interesting. And it is visited most years by people from all over the world. Have you ever been?
0: I have. Yeah. I haven't been as an adult. I've gone, I feel like several times as a child and I would really like to go back um hopefully next summer we'll get to to do that but yeah I remember it being a very interesting yeah experience yeah, but yeah I wasn't absolutely. too tall I could just stand <laughs> I feel like I could probably still just stand as an adult yeah
1: I've never made right children more in my whole life than during <laughs> the vine tour so, lucky little rascals yeah. I did read, luckily, that they were able to actually open this past summer, but it really the hours are always sort of spring till September, so definitely keep that in mind for next year. Cost of an adult is usually, or this year was 18, child is 14. There's a restaurant attached to the Miner's Village restaurant. You can go in there for a bite to eat. It's kind of decorated to sort of evoke feelings from an older time with kerosene lamps and a large brick fireplace. And there's also a choir where they, they do performances there, Men of the Deeps. So they are a choir of working and retired miners. They didn't perform this year due to COVID because we can't sing anymore. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> um, but of course, we hope they'll be back in 2021. And a fun fact is you cannot belong to the group if you haven't been a coal miner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, I mean,
0: that's fair. Um, <laughs> I I don't think I've seen a performance, but I... Of course, my family being from Cape Breton, you listen to uh, Rita McNeil and yes. um, her. She's done songs with the Men of the Deep, so it's uh, they're beautiful. If you look them up on YouTube, I'm sure you can can listen from wherever you are. Definitely. Um, where can we grab a bite there? The Tallow Tallow Cafe, Tallow Cafe, is an amazing addition to the heart of Glace Bay um it's a restaurant cafe it's also a licensed bar so they opened in february of 2015 and they've made quite a name for their for themselves with great food desserts coffee and live music and trivia um so they're really big into simple ingredients and casual yet sophisticated environment they have a great fireplace uh you can sit by and enjoy a coffee and dessert if that's what you want to do um They really focus quite a bit on events and they offer something unique to Glace Bay, which they've definitely needed.
1: Yeah, it's a really, they've, the evening scene in Glace Bay over the years has sort of dwindled a bit. So bringing in sort of trivia nights or live music or entertainment, it's really definitely added something. And they, in the summertime, they have like sort of outdoor seatings along Commercial Street as well. So it's sort of something different there too, a little, a little patio, which is nice. Also, if you are in Glace Bay, you I've been here and tried to go, and it's always closed, so really do check online before you head to the Marconi Museum, and I tried to think of how to say his first name, and here live on the air, do you know how to say it? I'm going to go with you, Guillermo. Okay, I, is, there, I, is that I, Guillermo? No, that wouldn't yes, be Guillermo. No. Anyway, Marconi would change the world forever with the first official transatlantic exchange of radio messages at Glace Bay in 1901. So the National Historic Site is a small building, but it has lots of information, including a model of Marconi's transmission towers at his first wireless station in Glace Bay. There's also a little bit of an outdoor walk to enjoy with some exhibits it is temporarily closed and every time I go it's temporarily closed but of course it does hope to be back open to the public you know by summer of 2021 as does everything else
0: yes I feel like hashtag due to COVID must be a thing (laughs) by now because that's
1: everything you can use it for anything Um, also in Glaze Bay, it is pretty scenic. There's lovely cliffs that you can go and look at. So there's a rocky shoreline and it does give way to some really uh, scenic spots, which can be found really all along the edge of town. Um, And when I researched uh, trying to find sort of the best spot to recommend, I didn't really find that as much as that a few stories of people and animals falling over the side of said cliffs. So wherever you go to view them, please just be careful. That would be my bit of advice there.
0: Mm -hmm. yes that's um interesting (laughs) slash scary so
1: yes be careful it got dark but safety first (laughs) um also another big draw to Glaze bay is the safoy theater so peter and i were actually lucky enough to see the white stripes uh at the theater in 2007 was an incredible like intimate show it was awesome jack white actually has family ties to the area It was established in 1927. The Savoy Theater actually opened as a live performance venue at that point. And acts of every kind have played there. And they did until the mid-50s. But by the early 70s, this Savoy had actually fallen into a state of disrepair. They refurbished it. May of 76, it reopened its doors as Cape Breton's Entertainment Showplace. I like that. It sounds flashy. It does. I know. And in 96, a new addition to the Savoy was added, creating a revamped and modern box office area, a foyer, and then also some offices. Now, it was closed for the 2020 season, hashtag due to COVID, um, but it does hope to reopen in May of 2021 with their first show being My Bonnie Lass. And it is actually great to see. I went to their website and some of the shows are already sold out. So they must be really, really excited about reopening May of next year. And I certainly hope it happens.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Yes. Good that they're, it's probably heartening for them to see if there's like selling out shows, but people do miss, I miss live theater. I miss live theater a lot. So yeah, for sure. So let's move on to Lewisburg, which is one of my favorite places on Cape Breton Island. You really should visit in the summer because like everything else, things close in October. (laughs) So yeah, we, we've done Fortress of Lewisburg in October and not had a place to eat again and had to drive back to sydney right this is my life apparently i just do this
1: apparently you just need to go to cape brent in the summer and then call i it- don't know what my problem is <laughs> anyway i haven't learned from any
0: of my mistakes so let's talk about the fortress of lewisburg national historic site of canada So, the fortress itself was built between the years of 1713 and 1740 by the French who came to the area. The fortress had a population of around 4,000 people in the mid 1700s. So, they lived, they fished, they traded furs, and the fortress was seized twice by British forces. Um, And then finally, it was destroyed in 1760, where it laid basically untouched until archaeologists started reconstructing the fortress back to its former glory so now oh, you can yes. walk through the fortress as it would have looked in the 1740s yeah i've
1: uh I, we went a couple summers ago loved it there as well and jen uh, and i will put in the show notes we both have like dueling blog oh yes <laughs> on the fortress of lewisburg so you can check them both out there
0: So, there's also the Lewisburg Playhouse. So, they have live theater and music in a 17th century style theater. I have not been, but my parents have gone and enjoyed it. Awesome. And the Lewisburg Lighthouse and Trail. So, this is actually the site of the very first lighthouse in Canada, which is cool. I know. Um, So, the current standing lighthouse is the fourth iteration. Um, but the one that's currently standing is a twin of the lighthouse on George's Island in Halifax Harbor, which
1: is who knew,
0: I know, right.
1: Um,
0: there's a 2.6 kilometer walking trail here along, along the coast that starts at the lighthouse. So it's a
1: nice place to visit. I like it there too. Awesome. That's great. And a lot of the restaurants, of course, due to COVID have been closed. Um, But again, I got a recommendation from a local, not a ton of places sort of like big name that are to eat right in Lewisburg. So you might have to travel a bit, Um, but 30 minutes away. uh, I know that seems like a lot, but it was highly recommended Riverbank restaurant. It's at the site of Myra Cottages on the Myra River. Apparently it has a country feel and the food is cooked over an open flame and it's in a log house that was actually built by the the owner it sounds kind of fun that's so cool I want to go there I know I know I know and then another spot that was recommended there in Myra as well it's a diner called Missy's Diner so both of those places came recommended from the local crowd
0: yeah and the uh, Fortress does have a restaurant in it as well so and a, like a bakery so they were both closed when I went because we went on the last day <laughs> of the season the last time I was there the last day so they were you know, closed were they you know what? Probably don't travel with me, I think, is the way to go. because
1: <laughs> I like to jam everything I do into one day, and then everywhere I want to eat, they're just, just closed. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why people are listening to me. plan. I've planned trips because apparently I'm not good at it, but here we are.
1: Oh, dear. We're learn, all learning.
0: Learn from my
1: mistakes. <laughs> Oh, that's
0: hilarious.
1: And let's move <laughs> on then to one of our favorite sections, which are fun facts. What do you got for us yes. first? So when they were
0: building the St. Peter's Canal, crews had to blast through 20 meters. That's 66 feet wow. high of solid granite.
1: What? like a lot of work. I'd have been like, no, I'm good. Ah, who needs it? Who needs I it? I don't know.
0: Um. So Cape Breton is the 77th largest island in the world. Oh. If you ever need to, if you go to trivia night and they (laughs) ask you what the 77th largest island in the world is, it is Cape Breton Island. So there you go. There you go. You're welcome. Yes. And so our next fact. So I was always told that the name of the lake, the Bredore Lakes, as we say it in English, Mm -hmm. um, was French for arm of gold, which the way it is spelled now, that's what it is. But the name of the lake may have been Labrador. So
1: Labrador. That actually um, makes a lot of sense. Right?
0: Yeah. And so, because they found maps from 17, or no, from 1872 and earlier. And that's what was written on those maps was Labrador.
1: Have you just uncovered like a
0: controversy? I maybe. It's fair. We're going to start one. Yes. I don't know. It was, uh. I found that today and I just thought that was interesting.
1: That is really cool for sure. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah. the last
0: fun fact is... Cape Breton has a Gaelic college. They do. So it's a nonprofit institution. So they offer classes for adults and youth in Cape Breton fiddling, piano, guitar, step dancing, piping, which I assume is... Um, Bagpipes? Bag piping. hmm Don't know. Probably. Um, Highland dancing, weaving, and of course, Gaelic language.
1: My really good friend, Helen McDonald, who is of course a Cape Breton native, her sister Dawn and Dawn's daughter Brenly all have gone um, there and they, Helen actually teaches. She's an amazing fiddler, an amazing step dancer, as is her sister and her sister's daughter. It's a whole family affair, but uh, they, uh, they do that at the Gaelic College each year.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I had known about it, but uh, the Gaelic language was dying, at, you know, as it would be not many like native Gaelic speakers anymore. And the college really works to promote the language and uh, and teach it to
1: new to new youngsters. Love that. Passing mm-hmm. on traditions is so important. Mm-hmm. And that's it. There's the end of our show.
0: <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. Even over two episodes, we really couldn't completely cover everything there is to do in Cape Breton. There is so much. Um, It's a magical place. And like we've both said, I think we're both determined to explore
1: more of it. Definitely. And as always, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, And we'd love it if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared the show with a friend. If you have some feedback on Cape Breton or want to share places you've been, we would love to hear from you. Otherwise, until our next episode, bye. Bye.